Blog Talk Radio. Good evening and welcome to Inspirational Living Podcast. I'm Ryan Cassidy. And I'm Marianne Johansson. And this week we are getting our virtual passports ready as we explore and discover some breathtaking, puzzling, and energizing locations as we continue our journeys into the sacred, mysterious, and inspirational. So go ahead and sit back with a cup of something good and join us as we explore the United States of America. I just wanted to say welcome back, Marianne. We have missed you. We missed you last week, but I know that um, it's been very exciting with you having visitors and family around. So have your visitors left already, or are they still still hanging around? Hi, Ryan, and thanks very much. I I missed being on the show last week, but um, I loved listening to your two stories about the donkey and the two frogs. I mean, that was really inspiring and about pressing on in, in the face of challenges. Um, but yes, my, my dear family members from abroad are still here, and they'll be leaving in a few days, but um, it's so great to have them around. Mm, I'm sure you're going to miss them when they leave. Mm, for sure. Well, I don't know about you, but I'm always excited to do these episodes, Marianne, and um, as you and many of our listeners know, I'm from the United States, but I will tell you that I found some of these places for our show tonight are actually new to me. <laughs> I've actually never heard of most of them. <laughs> yeah. Well, I love these episodes too, Ryan, and especially the mysterious places. I've, I've always loved a good mystery, as I think you have as well. And, you know, just trying to find out what's behind it and why it's there, and in many cases also how it got there. And I'm sure you must have been extra excited this time, Ryan, to go explore your home country. And I'm really excited to hear what you found. Well, truth be told, there are a lot of places in, in the United States that I've not even heard of or visited, and I consider myself pretty well-traveled, so it just goes to show how big of a country it really is. And it was really actually quite hard for me to come up with just a few places because we're really spoiled for choice. Oh, I, I know. I think we run into this issue each time we do these shows. <laughs> it's so hard we to do. choose. But, you know, <laughs> but, you know, thankfully there's so much left to, to visit and explore in the world. So, And, you know, it often seems that we may sometimes not see so much of our own country because we think, well, you know, I can always go there or I'll visit that place next holiday. And sometimes we just don't. But, you know, I guess we're trying to pick places that can inspire both locals as well as visitors from other countries and spark their imagination a bit. So what did you pick, Ryan? I'm I'm really excited to hear. All right. So today I hope, uh, first of all, I hope that we've picked a few places that will be new, not only to us, but also to all of you listeners out there. And so the first place that I want to talk about tonight is an inspirational place in the sense that the land the structure and the environment itself allows for visitors to go and really just be and be inspired. So the place that I selected is called the Integratron, and it's located in Landers, California. And it's not too far from Joshua Tree National Park, 
and a bit northeast of Riverside. The Integratron is an actual business that was set up in Landers and is said to be a fusion of art, science, and magic. It's a historical structure in the shape of a dome in the Mojave Desert. And according to the creator, George Van Tessel, the dome is designed with inspiration from writings of Nikola Tesla, who you and I, Marianne, were talking about him a few weeks ago, actually. Mm. And it's been said that it's also been designed with the telepathic directions from extraterrestrials and designs of uh, Moses' tabernacle. So it's really fascinating. That's fascinating. And, yeah, we were just talking about Nikola Tesla um, a while ago. And if anyone of our listeners who are not familiar with Nikola Tesla, he was a Serbian-American inventor and an amazing physicist. And, and his inventions reached well into the future. And he, he seemed to have a knack especially for all things electrical. Um, and some people call his inventions a lost science. And, I, you know, I, I highly recommend our listeners to check him and his inventions out. He had a mysterious life and, and with a sad ending in, in 1943. Um, but, Ryan, do you mean to say this George Van Tassel, the, the creator of that dome, claims he got directions from extraterrestrials to, to build the dome? <laughs> well, I don't know. I'm not sure if that's true, but it's actually what's claimed on their website. So it is also mm-hmm. claimed that the Integratron is located on a very powerful geomagnetic vortex. So, I mean, not unlike the pyramids and the structures like St. Uh, Michael's Mount that we discussed in one of our episodes about England. Hmm. Really interesting. And, uh, you know, you've just been to the pyramids and, and visited that vortex there and we talked about your trip you and I but but did you feel anything Mm -hmm. there and and um, I think you're talking about the ley lines being intercepted in in that area like the St. Michael uh, ley line in Europe Mm, yeah you know when I was in Egypt and when I was at the pyramids I was just in awe first of all of how beautiful it was because I always imagined the pyramids to be just magnificent, like you would imagine, you know, in real life for it to be. And I think I mentioned that before in the other um, episodes. So that was just what was really fascinating to me. But, mm-hmm. you know, while I was in Egypt at the pyramids, uh, my tour guide there was, and I were talking, and we started talking about the ley lines that intersect that, re- that area and the <laughs> powerful energy of the land and the structures. It's really magical and mysterious at the same time, and it's got such fascinating history and it's definitely a place to visit if you haven't been. But coming back to the Integratron, Marianne, I read that originally the structure was designed to be an, uh, an electrostatic um, generator used for time travel and rejuvenation. And I'm not sure, honestly, what that means. I mean, do you think it, it's like a fountain of youth or something? I don't know. It, it could be, Ryan. I mean, I've read about a theory about something like this, about the pyramids also being sort of a, a re- rejuvenating device. And I know you can recharge your crystals under a pyramid structure, and, and certain foods don't seem to go into um, rotting when, when placed under a pyramid. But this one is a dome shape and um, on a geomagnetic vortex, so so it's different. But, you know, a dome is also a sort of container for energy, isn't it? So 
who knows? Maybe you're able to harness the power there. Um, are, are there any stories of time travel or rejuvenation experiences from, from that place? From Landers, uh, from the Integratron? Mm-hmm. No, oh, yeah. I mean, I don't know of any, but maybe, I mean, maybe our listeners can, can kind of chime in here, and if they have visited the Integratron, and maybe they can share their experiences with us. But, yes. um, no, but, but my research did show that uh, these days the Integratron is now owned by three sisters who have helped to restore the, the Integratron, the dome, to maintain the dome, and they've done that for the for the past 30 years. And they have opened it up to the public where they now host tons of events, like musical events and workshops and um, meditation groups and astronomy events, and really cool uh, events happen there all the time. Mm. That's great. They've made it a, a public place now. Um, do, you, do you know when the dome was built, Ryan? Did it say? Mm, gosh, I can't remember. I'd have to go back and look. No idea. Yeah, okay. No, no. Well, I'm, I'm sure the energies are magnified, you know, within that dome. And, and, you know, we have a small dome here in my town, and it's used for gatherings like that and yoga sessions or shamanic drumming and dancing and praying. And I've yet to visit it, but even standing in in a big cathedral or church that has a dome, it, it certainly gives a certain sensation when you stand under it. Yeah, and, and this place actually, I mean, it really sounds like someplace I would want to go. And I think um, just if you were standing there, like you were saying, standing underneath that dome and feeling that energy there or just stargazing, and just imagine how magical it must be to be in a remote location out in the Mojave Desert really nice and dark in skies without the city lights around you. And the atmosphere of being in that dome, it claims to be built on an intersection of the powerful geomagnetic forces. So I imagine it must be so amazing to be there. Um, But I can't believe that, honestly, I can't believe I had no idea that this place was there. And I'm actually from California. Yeah, but, you know, I, I guess it's on your to-see list now, uh, you know, and oh, I'd definitely. love to go too. It it, <laughs> it sounds super interesting and, and special. Mm. Fantastic. Yeah, it's only a few hours away from my family's place in, in Los Angeles, okay. so I definitely mm-hmm. should go. But yeah, when I was researching their website, Marianne, it said that they do something called a sound bath where you lie down in a room and they bathe you in a – it's a 60-minute – quartz crystal sound bowl healing session and I mean I just wanted to say first of all I'm not getting paid to promote this place (laughs) but I think that it's I I honestly just think it's really nice for people who are going through tough times or just need some time to self-nurture and sometimes that means just going out and doing a little you know maybe self-discovery or taking time to tune in so, you know, whether that means going out camping in the desert or to a place like this that will allow you that space, I think it just really does your whole mind and your body just some, some real justice to, get, to give you some TLC when you're working through ch- changes and challenges in your life. Mm, how nice. And, in, you know, I, I had a singing bowl uh, healing session a, few, uh, session a few years back when I visited Canada, and it, and it was absolutely fantastic. It was amazing and it really rejuvenating in a way. And and, um, and and just, you know, 
like you say, very self-nurturing, and um, definitely I'll, I'll recommend it as well. Um, and, and if you get a chance, or if any of our listeners get a chance to try this, and they feel curious about it, it's definitely amazing, you know, when the healer is, is in tune with you. And, um, mm. yeah, we are not being paid <laughs> to do these shows, but uh, you no. know, we just love to hopefully, <laughs> to hopefully inspire someone um, to go have some potentially positive life experiences, right, right? Yeah, definitely. And who knows, it may be a place that's just around the corner from you and you didn't even know it was mm-hmm. there. So yeah. um, actually there's this, this studio in Bahrain uh, where I teach some of my classes that offers these uh, crystal uh, sounds baths like this one. Um, and the studio is called Key Train for anybody who's located in uh, Bahrain. And it's in Sif. And they just do amazing um, courses there. And just really, it's just, when you do a sound bath like that, it, you can just really feel your whole body vibrating with the, the sound of the, the bowls. So I do recommend it. Mm. Well, thanks for sharing that one, Ryan. It sound, sounds magical. I, I love that Bahrain has a place like that now. Great. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm going to zoom right over now to um, to a place that I've picked for today called uh, Horseshoe Canyon, which was previously known as, as Barrier Canyon. And um, it's located in a remote area west of the Green River and north of the Canyonlands National Park Maze District in Utah. And I read that it's actually very difficult to get to, and you have to walk for hours, and you have to get to the bottom of a canyon as well. So not everybody would be able to get to this place, but, I mean, it looks like a place well worth visiting if you can, just for the beauty of the landscape. And even when you see a bird's eye view of the place on photographs, it looks spectacular. Um, But there's something else there, and that's these, besides the, the landscape, and it's these mysterious rock paintings of some tall, cloaked beings with strange faces that look like helmets or even like they're wearing some sort of goggles. And you also see some paintings where where humans are shown and like hunter-gatherers. And these cloaked beings are depicted as almost twice as tall as the humans. And it's really very mysterious and almost otherworldly, I'll say. Yeah, I've heard of these rock uh, paintings in the southwest, Marianne, and I mean, I've not seen them with my own eyes, but I've heard that they were perhaps created by the Native Americans who lived in the area. But, I mean, do you think it's depicting religious, like a religious belief or, or a snapshot of their life, or do you know how old they are? Well, I read that, that human presence in Horseshoe Canyon has been dated as far back as seven between seven and 9,000 B.C. So, and that's when um, Paleo-Indians hunted large mammals and there were like uh, mammoths and mastodons roaming uh, the, the, the landscape, the southwest there. And, and there were some other cultures living in the area later on. And the panel of images itself has been dated to between 400 and 1,100 our time, um, or oh, wow. A.D., um, and uh, and some believe that they were made by this group of hunter-gatherers they call the, the desert archaic culture. Uh, and it's also believed that it was abandoned by Native American peoples around year 1300. So, And, you know, Ryan, some of the images there are over seven feet tall. I mean, are we talking some group of giants here again, like we discussed in our show about England? Uh, I don't know, but I think the images themselves look very enigmatic, and, and the sensation you get from the, the location also certainly adds to the mystery, I feel. 
You know, I, I just looked them up because <laughs> because I'm fascinated, and uh, the images do actually really look. They look like long figures, and yeah. you know, I wonder though because it reminds me of almost of drawings that children make uh, when they don't really know how to draw or they don't really know the concept of a body or the size and the shape and, and perspective. So, mm-hmm. I mean, maybe it, it, this was the case as well that these people too. I mean. They weren't really used to drawing, so maybe they didn't know any better or didn't know a better way to depict humans, or you know, maybe some were shorter and taller, so they're trying to, to d- depict the height. Um, I mean, who knows? <laughs> it could be giants, too. I mean, <laughs> that would be more interesting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't it? <laughs> I know. It's definitely very mysterious, I mean, when you look at the, at the, at the images there. Um, and, you know, I've, I found another place, in the, also in Utah, uh, you found the the Rochester Rock art near the town of Emory, and there are some amazing petroglyphs as well, like images carved into the rock surface. And the the images there are of beings with antennas, and there's also a, a rainbow that looks kind of like a dome, actually, Ryan. And and beings and animals are both within the dome and outside it. And um, you know, you mm. just wonder what were they depicting. And I often think when I see these ancient rock art images, was it something their shaman or, or medicine man saw in visions or is it something that actually that the people saw? And it certainly made a big enough impression on them to go ahead and share it with others or or maybe as a as a reverence reverence. Yeah. Um mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, and it could be just like you said, like something that they saw, like maybe it was a big rainbow in the sky or, you know, who knows? Yeah. I mean, it's it's really it's really fascinating, and it kind of reminds me of like what we do today. You know, when we see something exciting and interesting, we we snap a photo or a selfie and we put, we put it on Facebook and Instagram, and yeah. <laughs> it's kind of our way of documenting things. So it, is. it seems Turned like into that. It really, yeah, well, it has, hasn't it? I mean, we we even did a selfie this morning in, in gym class with all of us looking like yeah. <laughs> all sweaty and our hair mess. <laughs> it's like, why not, right? But, yeah. Um, but it, it almost seems, you know, like it's a really a beautiful, sacred place to visit. So if you haven't been there, I mean, I guess I, I've never been there. I would love to go. And I and I just love how art like this can can just paint a picture of what life was like and and even, like you said, what yes. their dreams or their fears were like, it's a glimpse into their world. So it's so yeah, exciting. Right. And, and right, I'm just reminded now also of the, you know, the, the, the paint. I mean, there's rock paintings almost all over the world, but also mm-hmm. like in Australia. I just got thinking about the Australian uh, Dreamtime paintings, you know, with the, all the dots and the, the animals. And, oh, and there's yeah. some strange, as we talked about that in our Australia show as well, you know, and it's, mm-hmm. it's just, you, you wonder really their dreams or fears like you say it's it's fascinating really it is and then like you said and, and and it is interesting that it happens all over the world so i mean was it some yes. sort of um you know everybody's thinking at the same time the same same way to, to document these 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 feelings or the images or fears or so mm-hmm. oh it's very exciting but um very. marianne before we get into some more uh into our last uh, location Let's just go ahead and uh, thank our listeners. You know, we're thrilled that we've reached so many of you across the globe, and we would like to invite you all to join our Facebook page at Inspirational Living, where you can ask us questions or have discussions about our topics. We would really love to hear from you. 
And Marianne and I just wanted to also mention that we got some really lovely comments on our Facebook page recently, uh, and some by email as well from listeners who have been following our shows. So we're extremely grateful that you've taken the time to write us, and we will always try our best to respond personally to each message. So, uh, I mean, you, you really are the reason why we do what we do. So if you are enjoying our shows, please subscribe to us on iTunes and Overcast, and leave us a review as it helps others find our show and it helps us with our ratings as well. And if you have any questions or comments, we would love to hear from you. You can email us at inspirationallivingpodcast at gmail.com. So, Marianne, should we get back into our, our show? Uh, yeah, sure, Ryan. The last place what, what I uh, selected for tonight, actually, I think you mentioned this one, and I hadn't heard of it before, but when I started researching it, I was like, oh, wow, this place is really, it's another place I want to visit. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> and <laughs> it's a mysterious place, um, actually maybe more so than the previous places that we've mentioned on tonight's show. <laughs> and it's an amazing monument that's been created. It was created in dedication to a love, a love that would never be. And it's called Coral Castle, located in Miami, Florida. And it is a strangely quirky and sentimental sculpture garden and structure that was created by a man named Edward Leedskollin, who he built this carved coral castle single-handedly without any use of machines. And it is said that the castle and the gardens were created to honor the love of his life, uh, a woman named Agnes. Mm. I know, Ron. I, when, when I read about this uh, castle and saw the pictures, I was just struck by it. It's very enigmatic, too, and very mysterious monument. So I'm glad you you, you brought it up t- tonight. <laughs> hmm. Yeah, and I, and I wanted to mention a little bit about their story, because Agnes and Ed were meant to get married, but at the last minute she called off the wedding, and she just left him brokenhearted at that moment. And So he moved all around the USA and finally settled in uh, the south of Florida, where he began building uh, Coral Castle in one location and then later moved it. And it was about, I think, 10 miles away from where he started building it. And nobody ever actually saw him unloading these gigantic stones off of the truck. But somehow he managed to unload everything all by himself and continue to build this castle. Uh, and carving and sculpting, like, these 1,100-ton coral rocks into Coral Castle, what it is today. Um, and it was just this testimony for, for, this, for his love for Agnes. just reminds me of, like, the Taj Mahal and, you know, that, that mm. really romantic uh, gesture. Yes. Yeah, and imagine moving that amount of rock around, Ryan. I'm, I'm amazing. It's amazing how love, or, or in his case, sadly, a, a broken heart, can inspire, you know, I mean, some write songs about it, but this man, Edward, um, he really must have had an extraordinary spark of inspiration that sprung from his situation to, to do this. Mm, exactly. And, and actually, I heard that there is a song that was written about Coral Castle. Oh. It was written by, um, what's his name? Billy Idol. And it was called uh, Sweet Sixteen. And the reason okay. it's Sweet Sixteen is because Edward and Agnes were, he considered her his, like, Sweet Sixteen, his sweetheart from, child, like, childhood right. sweetheart. Um, yeah, so there's a song already written about Coral Castle. I've never heard okay. this song. But have you heard it? 
I don't think so. I know Billy Idol, but I don't. I don't know if I've heard that that one. Yeah, maybe if I'll we hear it, we'll hear it. we'll remember it. But yeah. Um, but you know, evidently, I read that uh, when he was asked, when Ed was asked how he was able to move the large coral stones, he claimed that he understood the laws of weight and leverage very well, <laughs> and that he knew the secrets of the pyramids. So many believe that it was extremely mysterious how this man was, who only had a fourth grade education, was able to construct and move heavy stones, and and some even liken his knowledge uh, to that of the pyramids and Stonehenge. And he even built like this AC current generator as well. So he really had a. It was strange how he had this this knowledge of engineering and mechanics and. Um, yeah. He was really full of surprises. And let's see. Oh, what, you know what else I found interesting, Marianne? He yeah. he wrote these handbooks, about five of them, called one was called A Book in Every Home, which contains uh, thoughts that he had on three different subjects. One subject was his Sweet Sixteen and domestic and political views. And he also wrote three pamphlets on magnetic current and mineral, vegetable, and animal life. So, I mean, he was really an interesting, kind of quirky guy. But I I think it would be interesting to read those uh, pamphlets. I I don't know. I just think that they'd be fascinating to see what it was that he actually put in there. Oh, definitely. I mean, what a a treasure trove of uh, imagination he had, or, or, you know, skills he had also. Mm-hmm. And, and you know the simil- similarity to the building of the pyramids is striking, and and that is something experts and researchers are still trying to figure out. You know how how the pyramids were built, and there's definitely a missing link or some missing or hidden information somewhere in that whole science of or construction linked with the reverence of something or or someone. I, you know, I think the mystery about it is what has led many to believe. Um, that, that there must have been a helping hand from some extraterrestrial beings or guides somehow. Otherwise, how would someone suddenly think up the idea of building such huge structures and and how would they have done it? You know, fa- fascinating stuff. Exactly. And and to think that he only had a fourth grade education. So yeah. how did he yeah. learn that? Goes, you know, how did he learn It goes to show, you know, yeah, sorry, <laughs> that, you know, like gifts, certain gifts and talents are just um, regardless of, of, you know, Formal education. Yeah, formal education, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there was something else that I found fascinating, and if you go onto their website and you look at their photo gallery, (coughs) excuse me, you can see the photos of the Coral Castle, and they have photos in the daytime and then photos that were taken at night. And the photos at night are really weird because if you look at them, you can see tons of orbs on it, and I found that extremely interesting. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, especially... Perhaps, you know, it just goes to show that there was really a lot of energy that was in that location. So maybe he was drawn to that location yeah. for a reason. Yeah, maybe, Ryan. Oh, that's fascinating. I love, uh, I find Oris really interesting as well. And, um, yeah, he must have felt something and then somehow used his, his talents to to make use of it. Wow, intriguing. Mm-hmm. And some of the guests, uh, if you go on the website as well, you can see there's a guest book, and people that have visited have written just some comments about, you know, what they saw and what they found fascinating. And it's just really interesting because some of the guests 
recall having grandparents or parents who lived in the area or people who knew Ed, and they would just tell these really cool stories of him, you know, because he opened up Cork Castle as kind of a museum, and he would charge about 10 cents for people to walk around. And when okay. people weren't walking around, what he would do is he would invite kids to come in and play, and they'd play hide-and-seek, and they'd play all sorts of games in the, in the oh, gardens there. fabulous. And then uh-huh. as soon as people would come and pay, he would tell them, like, okay, sit down and be quiet. You know, don't disturb the, the paying customers. <laughs> and then as soon as they left, <laughs> they'd start playing again. So he sounds like he, was, okay. he had a really good heart. Yeah, but, definitely um, sounds like it. But some people mm-hmm. also talk about the energy of the land there and how they knew it was a mysterious place. And I don't know, if you get a chance to just, and if you get some free time, to just go onto their website and read their guest comments, I'm, think, yeah, I'm sure you'll find it interesting. Yeah. Oh, what a great, uh, another great place, uh, you know, suggestion for, for, for people to, uh, our listeners and, and others to, to visit. Ryan, um, I think we've had a lot of interesting locations today uh, on our show, like um, your Integraton Tron in California and uh, Horseshoe Canyons and uh, now, lastly, Coral Castle. Definitely something worth worth checking out, I think. It's definitely gone on my list <laughs> when I Mine too. get to the States one day. <laughs> so... Um, <laughs> I think uh, with that, Ryan, we have to sign off for for today, and uh, we hope that uh, that all our listeners will tune into our next show, which will be a week from now on Tuesday. We'll get back into our Tuesday routine. So, I'd like to thank yeah, our well, listeners for tonight. Yes, and with that, I think yeah. we'll uh, shall I we leave them with our roomy quote: um, "The inspiration you seek is already within you." So good night, everyone, and thank you for joining us. Good night, everyone.